to the Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. You know, I've been thinking for a while that <laughs> I need to start saying something else other than the guy, like, hey guys, what's up? Because it adds nothing. And I just keep <laughs> yeah. doing it over and over. And every time we're going to record, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have something for the next time. Because I'm always like, shit, what am I going to do? But now I'm just caught in this loop. And now I'm just laying my cards out all out on the table. So <laughs> how's y'all's day going? I'm doing great. And we have the lovely Lori. Hello, everyone. I spent the last two days binge-watching the uh, Woody Allen and uh, Mia Farrow documentary. And I'm ready to talk about it today. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I, yeah. Oh, wait. Is that... <laughs> wait. Wait. Am I on the the podcast for oh no wait i think that's my other show i'm so sorry i'm so sorry wait okay yeah no no no. okay yeah i'm ready i'm ready now you're on the wrong show but on (laughs) this episode we are going to be talking about a quiet place too that's right we're giving you a real movie review not one of those fake hollywood reviews (laughs) that get paid we're going to be reviewing a quiet place part two before that, we got some. We have a lot of a, a good handful of movie news to talk about. It's been a while. It might be old news to those, but I think it's very important news to talk about. And some recent trailers that just came out. And we might as well just start with the biggest story I think of them all. AT and T has sold Warner Media to Discovery for forty three billion dollars. Now. There's a misconception going around, especially with the media. I think their headlines are very misleading. They want to play it off to where they're saying that AT&T is merging WarnerMedia with Discovery. And that is not true. AT&T sold WarnerMedia to Discovery. And I feel like this is a... The first thing I thought of was the Beverly Hillbillies. Where (laughs) Discovery... The people who brought you 90 Day Fiance is in charge of Superman. Okay? Just put that into perspective. The people that brought you Big Ed is in charge of the Harry Potter franchise. I mean, I always thought... Okay, this does two things for me. It discredits AT&T as a business company. Because keep in mind, they bought... Warner Media for about $80 billion. Mm-hmm. And they're selling it for almost half of that. Not only that, but they also bought DirecTV at the worst time because, the, I mean, cable and network television, that's going down the tube anytime now. So the reason why I bring up the whole Beverly Hillbillies is I just, it just baffles me that Discovery, a channel like this, and I'm not knocking on it, I love. 90 day fiance i love my 600 pound life i mean i'm all in it's just crazy how they own a company that i always thought was a rival to disney discovery now owns warner media meaning they own hbo they own cnn they own some of the biggest franchises out there and it's changing the game again not only for just i mean we talk about the streaming wars all the time but this is beyond that now it's a major shift in just media in general 
What's uh, another thing to take into consideration with this is that AT&T CEO and Discovery's CEO met without having WarnerMedia CEO in the discussion. So this was news to him when it broke. He was not involved for any of the discussions. Um, so WarnerMedia could be seeing a shakeup. Maybe they appoint a new CEO or it's like, okay, now the Discovery CEO is your CEO. You're just part of this now. There's not going to be a separate Warner Media CEO anymore. Uh, that could be potentially. And what we saw with AT and T is the death of the Game of Thrones franchise. That went in the toilet fast in one season. And like during a pandemic would be like the perfect time to binge Game of Thrones. Everyone should be talking about Game of Thrones right now. Like watch binge, binge Game of Thrones. There's no perfect time more than now since we're stuck at home. But no one's talking about it because it ended terribly. Saw that with AT&T, and we also saw with AT&T, the Fantastic Beasts, whatever's coming out of Harry Potter now, and uh, the death of the Snyderverse. So it's just been miss after miss with AT&T's leadership, and they're just are maybe AT&T's realizing that they're not the best people for this job, and they sold to a media company who knows what to do with media. 90 Day Fiance is a huge hit, despite the quality of content that it provides but they know how to market it and they could do the same with uh, all of warner media's franchises now yeah i do see this as a positive actually i know in my tone i it sounds like i'm down talking discovery but at&t was like the worst boss for warner media they were just pushing out things for a profit i mean they were a telecommunications company that wanted to get into the entertainment business and it's it's the perfect scenario of what could go wrong. But Lori, how do you feel about all this? I mean, Discovery, it's a good channel. You know, Discovery Channel, I do kind of peruse it from time to time. Uh, it is one of those stations that I'll put on, uh, you know, 90 Day Fiance. It's something that I put on in the background when I don't want to, I want to have white noise but you know something that i can look up at every once in a while and it's quasi entertaining but i'm doing something else (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know because you don't have to think about it you know and sometimes i'll like be working on something and then you'll hear something like crazy ridiculous and random like why don't you shave your back before the wedding and i look up i'm like what (laughs) and i'm like huh yeah that's great when did you last mayonnaise your hair (laughs) yeah yeah and so uh it is a little disheartening it's going to be very interesting to see what becomes uh of a lot of this i i have to say the biggest thing i'm worried about is also hbo because i'm a huge hbo fan i'm a huge fan of the game of thrones franchise and all of the hbo franchises as a matter of fact um i i yeah, uh, ever since I was little, my mom was really into the, uh, I remember one of the first ones I got into was this show on HBO called Dream On, and it was about a guy who, he lived every day-to-day life, uh, but every time something would happen, he would it would cut to, like, his inner monologue, like, what he was imagining, and it would always be, like, this scene from an old black-and-white movie, <laughs> And uh, I remember watching that because he was like, it showed it in the little in the in the title sequence that he was this kid who was obsessed with television. Mm -hmm. So like everything that happened in his life, he associated to something he saw on TV. And uh, yeah, I just I just really loved it. And um, 
big fan of the Sex and the City franchise. Uh, I think that was way ahead of its time. They're always putting out things that are ahead of the, its time. But um, lately they have been kind of falling to the wayside. And it's going to be really interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, especially since cable right now is almost dead. And I, I, like I knew, I knew a lot of these big channels are going to start their own little streaming services. But it does get out of hand. And I will tell you, before the pandemic, uh, I was a little bit, you know, less, um, I was a little bit, less worried about all of the charges and now after the pandemic you know during the pandemic i couldn't cut anything off we were literally a slave to it for entertainment you know because we were locked in our houses but now that things are starting to open up again uh i'm actually really considering purging a lot of these extra streaming services that i just find unnecessary um i'm just like okay this is too much because now i'm paying Keep in mind that uh, we're a three generation household here. Uh, so I have my mom who just will not get into streaming. She will only watch cable. So I'm still paying cable. And then I have kids who can't stand cable and want their streaming services. So I'm paying all of them right now. And I'm like, okay, something's got to give. Yeah, my grandmother is really upset at Discovery Plus because all the new episodes of what she watches are going to be only on the streaming service so now she's just mad like oh now i have to get internet for the house now i have to download the app and do i have a smart tv do i not and then pay on top of already a cable bill so it's a lot of things i know it's not a lot but i mean hey a bill's a bill to her and uh, the older generations they they love to save their pennies and hey i don't blame them with this economy uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also I do think Warner Media, especially the HBO Max, uh, service, I think they did need something like a Discovery Plus because I mean, majority of it is HBO and as much as they provide quality content, it's majority of the time it's for more mature audiences and you have a ton of movies, but when it comes to television per se, I don't think they have the type of demographic that Discovery has. And I think that's going to be a huge draw when these two companies merge. So I think it's going to benefit both. Mm -hmm. uh, just more demographics are going to come to this one place. They're playing both sides, so that way they always come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually excited to see how this comes about because, to be honest, WarnerMedia was not doing well under AT&T. It was the surviving. AT&T drove WarnerMedia to the ground. You know what, though, guys? You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing everything coming back full circle. And I'm starting to kind of already see these companies that are going to start offering these bundles with uh, this will include all of these streaming. I'm like, hey, wait, we're back to cable again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apple's already doing it. They have so many, like, subscription services now that they're just like, get Apple One. It's the bundle. It has everything. So. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there soon enough. We'll just back to square one. <laughs> yep, I'm such a sucker that I have Paramount Plus, you guys. Ooh, that's right. I'm such a sucker. I'm sorry. Are you gonna watch uh, Infinite, they, they the new Mark Wahlberg movie? <laughs> <laughs> they keep throwing these things at me. Like I'm like, ooh, I think that show or that movie's <laughs> interesting, and then I subscribe, you know, and I'm like, oh, they got me. It's working. It's working. It is. It works on me. Another deal that broke too, most recently, is Amazon. 
Amazon, they're continuing their conquest. This time they bought MGM Studios for $8.45 billion. How about that? I mean, uh, what was that guy from Mank? What he said, there's only one star and that's Louis the Lion. Well, that's Louis the Lion. Jeff Bezos owns that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he owns a star in the sky. And actually, Jeff Bezos, he uh, made a, uh, came out with a quote. Would anyone like to hear what Jeff Bezos had to say about all this? No. What's <laughs> important? This is coming directly from the bald man himself. MGM has a vast, deep catalog of much beloved intellectual property. We love that word, don't we? With the talented people at MGM and the talented people at Amazon Studios, we can reimagine and develop that IP for the 21st century. It's going to be a lot of fun work, and people who love stories are going to be the big beneficiary. So overwhelm consumers with content? Is that what he's saying? All, all I'm hearing is reboot, 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 and spinoffs. Yep. People who love stories. If you love a story, brace yourselves, because we got a lot coming. Yeah, MGM, this is coming from the studio that owns big franchises like Rocky and James Bond 007. I know they're coming out with that Creed movie, but geez Louise, are we going to get more Rocky? Are we going to get a reboot of Rocky? Oh, I hope not. Which, by the way, breaking news today, uh, Jonathan Majors is joining the cast. He's going to fight Michael B. Jordan. Jonathan Majors is just a rising star. Nice. Amazon, they're, <laughs> they just bought Whole Foods, I believe, not too long ago, too. Mm-hmm. So they're in the produce industry, and now they have a whole-fledged catalog of MGM studio properties. Well, now they have pharmacy. They have, uh, name it, they have everything. <laughs> they, ha- they have it all. Yeah. Lori, are you excited about reimaginings and uh, just dragging on these IPs for so long? Uh, yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm actually, cause I love Amazon on, uh, I'm always on Amazon. I order everything. I love Amazon prime. Amazon just hasn't let me down yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Amazon, uh, like, like prime video, like that streaming service? Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah I have it. Yeah. So do I. And the only, yeah, I do. Uh, I have my catalogs of my movies from there. It's actually my go-to because you can find everything on there. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, looking at my kids because I'm definitely in that age. My kids are at that great age where they're just absorbing everything. And I was like, what? You haven't seen this movie? And it's like, if I can't find it anywhere else, I can find it on Amazon Prime. So uh, an MGM, I have to say, as a girl, uh, I, I was a young girl. I just loved musicals, and MGM was the home of those big musicals. Um, and so the fact that they're acquiring it, I hope that they really bring some stuff out of the vault. I hope that they really push some new stuff, some new stuff, uh, merging it with some old stuff. But I, I actually dig the fact that they own MGM now. I feel like Amazon Video, the streaming service. I feel like they are underrated when it comes to, to their catalog because they have some really great movies. I've been taking a, a page out of Bong Joo Ho's theory where, or not his practices, what he does every morning is he watches a new film, supposedly. I think that's what he said, right? Where he just watches a new movie every morning. And I have been doing that. And Amazon's where I go to to find like things I can't find anywhere else. And I recently watched... See No Evil, Hear No Evil with Richard Pryor 
and Gene Wilder for the first time. And I, it's it's such a great movie. I, I had such a great time watching that movie. What a great concept. And it was one of my favorites when I was a little girl. Yes. And it's, I mean, I haven't seen it ever. So I will tell you, it, it, it definitely holds up. These two are just, they're icons in their craft. And they are, when they're together, they're brilliant. I know there's other movies they did together that I want to see. Yes. Uh, there was another one. Uh, oh, the the prison one that they did, yes. which was right around the same time. They did them back to back. And that one's so good, too. What's it called? I can't remember. Oh. But, you know, it's hard to find because of the scenes with uh, there's some Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor where Gene Wilder is in blackface again. You know, like it just there's some stuff that just happened kind of. Uh, it was because they were trying to get in somewhere and he's like, all right, all right. And so he comes in on in blackface <laughs> and he's like walking in. I think that's the jailbreak movie. Uh, I believe that that's that scene. So that one's really hard to find. There's some eighties movies that, um, there's another one called night shift or night patrol. The other one I think you're thinking of, uh, about the prison one is stir crazy. Is that it? Stir crazy, stir okay. crazy. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I'll put that yes, to, on that... the list. Add it to the list. Yes, that one's a good one uh, with them, and they just proved to be one of those comedy duos. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of those, especially the '80s. Okay, so the great thing is, is when I go on my TV, I have the smart cast, right? Well, I have all of the streaming services that I'm a part of that are up there, and I have them logged in. So I actually go on search. Uh, and this is what I started doing. I don't want to, unless I'm, you know, it's something that's re I really want to see. I'm trying to watch movies that are for free, you know? And so what it does is I'll put it, like, I go into the main thing and it says, with all the information I've given them, logged into all my streaming services on SmartCast, it gives me a list of all of the movies that I can watch for free. Oh, wow. Uh, from all of my, on, on one list. And then when I like, I'll sometimes I'll hit a movie and then it'll give me three choices. You can watch it on Tubi, you can watch it on Hulu, or you can watch it on Amazon for free. So I have up to three choices of how I want to watch it. Wow. And yeah. And so I'm like going and I have such, because I'm, I uh, subscribe to all these streaming services. I have a plethora of movies to choose from that are free. And there's this one category that I just hit the other day and it's actually called eighties gems and it's all eighties movies. And I saw a really good one. Uh, and it was about this old man who is a shoe polisher and he ends up, he, they ask him to, the mafia asked him to, to do a favor uh, for them and admit that to a murder he's done because he kind of looks like this boss that they need to protect and he agrees to do it and they they take him on this trip to tahoe over the weekend to kind of like live it up before he has to go to prison oh wow. and uh yeah and i was asking my mom about it and actually the actor from it uh is the one he, he's been in a lot of movies he was in a movie called uh oh he's from trading places he's one of the guys on trading places yeah, he uh, and of course coming to America, you know the two old men. Yeah, Mortimer and the other mm -hmm. one. Yeah, he's one of the old men. He actually stars in that movie as an old Italian man. You were to see it today, and you're just like, oh my gosh, we can't believe they cast that actor in that Italian role. <laughs> you know, because it, that wouldn't happen today. But back then, you just watch it, and he just plays a really great role in it. And I've been catching a lot of gems on there. Yeah. Well, now I want to watch that movie. So whenever you get the title, let me know. 
I will. Yeah. I will. I okay. Honestly, I do see Amazon buying MGM as a good thing. Okay, hear me out. MGM has been notorious for being in some tough pickles when it comes to their financials. They're no stranger to bankruptcy. It's been going on for a couple decades now. So, I mean, it's either we just see MGM fade or we have somebody like Amazon coming in to kind of save the company. So, although I don't like hearing reimagining and intellectual property, I am happy to see MGM still running. You know, they're, they're going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask for with this yeah. kind of with this news. It's like, all right, well, let's see what happens now. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. We're going to see how this all plays out. I'm sure both of these deals, you know, AT&T selling off WarnerMedia to Discovery and Amazon buying MGM. I don't see these deals going into full effect until maybe next year, like mid next year. So we shall see how it changes the game when it comes to movies and just overall media. All right. And let's talk about some trailers. Had a couple here going on. Did anyone watch the new trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's Old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I know Jackson and I talked about a little bit, but Lori, have you seen The Happening? I haven't seen The Happening. Oh, wow. You should mm. definitely watch it because after watching this trailer, I got the exact same vibe. Where it's mm. uh, the dialogue is really uh, not on the nose, just really <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of laughable. Yeah, yeah, I would say so in a good way. I I like M Night Shyamalan when he does the, these types of movies. You know, like not everything is going to be signs, and I <laughs> I actually enjoy the happening. Lori, I need you to watch the happening so we could talk about it because it's one of probably the most made fun of M Night Shyamalan movie. I've seen a bunch of memes. Wait, you said not everything's going to be signs like that's the bar? For M. Night Shyamalan, I would say. I mean, okay, Sixth Sense. Wait, you're not a fan of signs? I do not like signs. I was so mad. I felt like I was duped when I went to the theater to see signs because I saw it in the theater when it premiered. And that's coming off of The Sixth Sense. And I was so excited for signs. And I was just there like, oh... But he the, he did The Village, and I loved The Village. I saw all of them in theaters. Question. Was it the water that got you? I don't know. But you know what? I, I will admit, anything with aliens is a hard... It's, it's, it's hard to sell with me. That's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Lori doesn't like Star Wars either. She just can't get past the aliens. <laughs> I love Star Wars. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. The whole crop circle, and then the family, and then swing away, and... Uh, I, I thought Signs was the movie that actually, and it, it didn't do well at the time. I remember everybody I talked to hated Signs. So it's really like surprising whenever I hear people now say like, oh yeah, and Signs. Like it was, I was like, no, every, like the, the a Sixth Sense was like, whoa. And then Signs came out and everybody was like, what was that? <laughs> well, what what do you think about old, the trailer, the concept? I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, I it's definitely something I want to watch. Uh, the f- part that probably freaked me out the most, I thought the actors in it were doing great. I love the actors coming out 
and being like, Mom, Dad, because the faces and the, like even from the trailer, the way they were reacting to him, I felt that in my heart. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, like, you know, <laughs> it's like big, but like a dark turn on big, you know, but it was just <laughs> like, Mom. But the part that I'm telling you right now that's really throwing me off is the whole kid that has the baby. Like she's going into labor. I'm like, how did she get pregnant? Yeah. And one, <laughs> two, I was just like, so they're growing behind there. And I was just like, the aging thing I can see, but no, no, no. Like, I'm like, so what is it? There's something behind it. And as we could see through the trailer, there's something that's grabbing them. And I'm like, is this mer people? I have no idea what's going on in this trailer. Yeah, neither do I. Um, I'm honest. I'm looking forward to it just to see if it's like secretly genius or not. Because I'm not getting yeah. that from this. I'm getting like, okay, what are we doing here? What What's going on? This is either this is either going to be the village or it's going to be signs. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put and signs see, at least like mid-tier? A lot of people would switch that. A lot of people hate the village and love signs. So that's that's hilarious. I think you're dogging on signs a little too much. I've only seen the village and... Uh, and Split. Those are the only M. Night Shyamalan movies I've seen. I've seen bits and pieces of Signs. I know the twist. Ooh. Oh, you haven't seen The Success? No, I have not, just because I've already had it spoiled for me. So it's just more like, I'll get around to it. Thank God. I th- the I grabbed my son at the beginning of the pandemic, and we were starting to go through movies. And I was just like, oh, I, was, I, I referenced something. I saw something, and I was just like, oh. I was like, kind of like The Sixth Sense. And he looked at me, he's like, the what? And I was like... I turned on like the sixth sense and he was just like, what's that? Never heard of it in his entire life. And I'm like, we literally stopped everything I was doing. My mother walked in. She was like, are we going to go to church? I'm like, no, (laughs) get back in your room. Everybody get away from us. My son's going to watch the sixth sense right now because he has no idea what it is. You cannot waste any more time. No, we literally watched it right then and there. Such a great parent. I love you for that. <laughs> Thank you. It's like, oh, you don't know the twist? Get in here. There's We're a twist? Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what M. Night Shyamalan does here with old. Right to the point, that title. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Did anybody watch uh, the sequel to Split? What was that one called? Unbreakable? Yeah. No, that was the first one. Glass. Okay. Glass. Yeah, yeah, did anyone watch Glass? Glass. I did. So you've seen the trilogy then, Lori? Yes. Okay. I have, because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I loved I loved Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Love 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 loved it. The whole concept of it. Uh, and then I loved Split. And then yeah, so I definitely watched it. It's one of those movies where nobody wins really at the end. I was just kind of like ah, but uh, <laughs> it it was a good movie. I loved I love the trilogy. I would highly recommend them. Yeah. I did like. It. I would have to watch all of them together because I watched. Like back to back because I watched Split, and then the whole Bruce Willis thing happened. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I'm like, oh yeah, there's that movie with Unbreakable, and then I had no idea what that movie was. So watch that, and I never got around to watching Glass. So I watched Unbreakable in theaters, and I will tell you, the theater was almost empty. I remember oh, wow. M Night Shyamalan had uh, he had not gotten a really good uh, reputation. He was coming off well. He he had a real. He started off so high. I think that's the problem. He had set the bar so high for himself and then he was gradually declining. And by the time that Unbreakable came out, he was kind of obscure. I think a lot of people, because you were right, a lot of people did not come out in droves for the village. Um, 
it's still my one of my favorites by him besides the sixth sense though it's right up there with the sixth sense for me i loved village um but uh when unbreakable came out it was not popular and then it exploded because of word of mouth people started coming out saying you have to see unbreakable um but i remember going and it was almost empty nobody was going out to see that movie well and speaking of untraditional superheroes we're going to talk about another trailer eternals comes from marvel studios for those that didn't know and i think the teaser trailer the little stinger at the end made sure everyone knew that it came from the mcu directed by chloe zhao starring Gemma chan richard madden salma hayek and angelina jolie coming out this year november the 5th so it definitely looked like nomad land <laughs> out there in the beaches i will say that it, it visually looked great um i'm just uh i don't know just uh eternals themselves never really interested me uh but it's a stat cast and it looks great so i'm gonna see it i mean yeah like at the end of the day like i don't really know or care really what this movie's about i'm just gonna go see it especially yeah. uh it only solidifies it for me because it looks like nomadland uh chloe zhao is definitely bringing her style to this marvel movie and that's exciting yeah, uh, my son, he was waking me up and like, Mom, Mom, the trailer, the trailer. He's just so I, I know as far as the younger generation, there is a whole group of kids out there, him and all his friends that uh, were sharing it. They're so excited about it. Uh, so I will be seeing it as well. I do have to tell you that stacked cast. I, I saw Salma Hayek and I was like, ooh. I saw Angelina Jolie and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know, I'm such a sucker. Like I am. Like I love watching it being like, okay, I can tell you exactly what my demographic is thinking. <laughs> looking at this, everything's like, ooh. <laughs> um, uh, lots of shiny little candy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and like I said, they definitely had to throw in an Avengers line at the end just to make sure those who don't know what's going on know that it's part of that whole world. And I'm pretty sure that line will not be in the movie. I I think that was made just for the trailer. But hey, whatever it takes to sell tickets. And our last trailer here I want to talk about comes from Edgar Wright. Last Night in Soho. This movie is actually coming out this year. October 22nd stars Anya Taylor-Joy. And for those who don't know, Thomas and McKenzie, she was in Jojo Rabbit. She was hiding. We'll just say that. No spoilers here. I'll tell you this. I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. And I was very surprised to learn that it was going to be a horror time movie. No, I I really don't know what's going on in this movie as well. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Um, I, all I knew is that it was gonna be a horror movie, but I didn't know it was gonna have anything. I didn't know what was going on. I had only seen the one uh, promotional image from whenever he's like, "Hey, I got a new movie coming out, and it's coming out next year in 2020." <laughs> so I've been waiting <laughs> over uh, since mid 2019 for this trailer, and we finally got it. And I still don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm gonna watch it. Okay, so I had I watched this trailer three times because I thought it was me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really happy. Like I was gonna like I sitter- seriously after watching the trailer like three times and still having no idea what it was about. I thought that I- it was a sign of early dementia. So I sat down <laughs> and had a talk with my kids. So um, 
I'm really glad, though, that now I can have another talk with my children after <laughs> and, and say, Mommy's fine. It's a confusing trailer. Visually looks great, but I mean, it's Edgar Wright. I'm excited to see him tap into horror. My favorite moment of the trailer was at the very end where it freeze frames and then the glass cracks and it kind of just fades. It made me think of like old timey kind of trailers. It just gave me a throwback feeling. And I love that. And the time period here, I I believe it's like 60s London. It's modern day and 60s London simultaneously. The reflection is 60s London. But the present day is present day i i yeah because she's like rocking beats mm-hmm. throughout the whole yeah yeah so whatever happened to beats well i guess they're still in business i mean she was wearing so. them yeah but i also was kind of looking at it and i do love the concept of the mirror though i will tell you when i was a little girl thank you poltergeist <laughs> But uh, I had such a terrifying fear of mirrors on top of the fact that, you know, when you came to my older relatives and somebody would die, they say you have to cover all the mirrors, you know, for so long after somebody dies, because that can uh, if you don't, then they're they're They can get lost their soul. They have to go on and they can get lost in the mirrors and they can start to. Uh, get confused and be bound to earth. So you're supposed to cover your mirrors when somebody dies. Good to know. Um, yes. And uh, so there's that old culture along with poltergeist when the little girl keeps getting grabbed by the other Carol Ann and getting pulled into that other world through the mirror. When I was a little girl, after I saw that movie, I would stare, I would sit in front of the mirror and be like, I just knew that that was not me. That was my evil reflection on the other side. And I was convinced of it for like, until yesterday, uh, when my son my my son finally knocked me around a couple of times and said, "Mom, come on," and I was like, "You're right, son." So I loved the play on the mirrors because that's ha- that's something that always freaks me out. Yeah, but I agree with you on that last part. That was my favorite part of the trailer when the it's it was the still and then the cracked glass. Yeah, my favorite part. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this movie. Edgar Wright, he hasn't done me wrong, so. Can't wait. All right. Well, it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about A Quiet Place Part 2. I'm sorry. Can you speak up? (laughs) The movie's called A Quiet Place. Okay. Before we talk about the movie real quick, I have to bring up my theater experience. Yes. Every theater experience I've had has gone just bad. Okay. This time was different. This time, I was the problem. (laughs) So, really quick, I was running a little late. Not my fault. (laughs) For those listening, a certain someone. Um, (laughs) No, so I got there just a couple minutes late. I think I could hear the opening, like the Paramount, all that, while I was walking in. And so by the time I got to my seat, I think, I don't want to spoil it, but the beginning scene was already starting. Mm -hmm. So, I sit down. And the theater I went to in Harlingen, Texas, one of my favorite theaters, they haven't converted their seats into the luxury reclining seats yet. So it's just the regular seats. So I plopped down out of all the freaking seats in the house. Mine had a loose plastic seal that is in the back of every old chair. That thing broke off. And that thing was like maybe three feet of just 
hard plastic and it just made the loudest noise possible. And it wouldn't stop making that noise because it was slowly coming down from underneath me to the point where I couldn't even move my legs because it would make noise. And I'm just here like, I can't catch a break. <laughs> it's Wow. <laughs> I felt so bad because I was punishing you for coming late to a movie. It was. And... <laughs> And it was during the, the freaking quiet parts. I was just so... And, and then once like the music started going, I just like ripped that damn thing and threw it down the aisle. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was my experience. The rest of the people were great. I actually went to a screening where afterwards there was a Q&A with John Krasinski hosted by J.J. Abrams. I'll talk about that in spoilers. But yeah, let's... Uh, quiet Place 2. It's... Der- Wait, did anyone have a unique theater experience like mine watching <laughs> Quiet Place 2? No, <laughs> I did see in the theaters. I saw it at Alamo Draft House here in town uh, or in Corpus. And uh, it was actually, I this is maybe the third or fourth movie I've seen, you know, during the pandemic in the theater. And I will tell you, it was packed. Wow. Glad to hear. It was packed. There was not a seat in the house. I think it must have been a sold out show. And there were two theaters of it at the same time. So it did feel very normal. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, oh, wow. Uh, so so that was an interesting experience. Yeah. So this time around, the sequel to A Quiet Place Part 2 is directed and written solely by John Krasinski. We have the a reoccurring cast, of course. We have Emily Blunt. We have Noah Jupe, um, Millicent Simmons. And joining the cast here, we have Jimon Hansu and Killian Murphy. Yeah, this movie actually opened, opening weekend was a little over $47 million, which is very commendable because the first Quiet Place opened at just $50 million. And that's because we're in a pandemic, and that's because it's a sequel, so you never know if it's going to make more or less than the one before. But that's uh, that's great. It, it really felt, this time around, it felt like a coming to form for theaters you know people actually starting to come out and yeah so i guess i'll just start it off here expectations going in me and jackson actually listened to our 2018 recording back when we were on the radio of our review of the first quiet place movie and we all we all liked it we all enjoyed it and so this second one going into it i wouldn't say i was overly excited for it I was kind of skeptical, kind of, I mean, it's a new movie, <laughs> you know, uh, I was looking forward to anything coming out in theaters at that point. And I will say I was, I'm still a little conflicted with this movie because I thought what made the first one so special, there was some of it that lacks here. And it's easy to say, oh, because John Krasinski isn't in the movie. And I think that's I think it's more than that. I, I feel like the family dynamic in the first movie is kind of lost in this one. And I think from a narrative standpoint, and we'll talk about that soon, but I also think it was the writing. And I did some research because I noticed something in the credits and I rewatched the first one as well. And I noticed this. So originally, John Krasinski wrote the first one, but the story came from two guys named Brian Woods and Scott Beck. And they were also in the writing process of the first one. 
This time around, they're not involved. They're not even involved as producers. And that made me really curious because usually when you have people that exit a franchise or just don't want to be part of the next one, they usually stay on to produce or some type of way, especially when they were main writers of the first one. And they actually said that they didn't want this movie to become a franchise and that they were leaving the project and they wanted to use their writing credits on this movie, or the first one, to push for more original movie ideas. And also, who agrees with me and the writers, would be John Krasinski himself. He did want to come back to do another movie. And he was really vague on why he came back. He was saying because the world is so rich, yada, yada, yada. But um, cha-ching <laughs> yeah, is all I'll say like, about that. If he doesn't want it to come back, then he can just say no, right? Like he knows that was an option, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't want to get cynical about it. But I will say, I think those two guys played a huge hand into that first movie. And this movie, this time around, just felt a little... um. Not as cohesive as the first one. See, I have a completely different take. Um, so going back to the box office real quick. Uh, yeah. Yes, we are still in a pandemic. But this movie was projected to make over $60 million And it fell just below 50 Making less than the first one. Uh, but like Dylan said, we are in a pandemic. So, I mean, the numbers are understandable. Give or take, you know, $15 million. That's yeah, not but those, bad. Those projections were before the pandemic, right? No, I think that was taking in the pandemic. Hmm, okay, fair. So yeah, it's just uh, I think the producers were overexcited about uh, people coming back to the theaters. But uh, getting into the movie itself, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, and I think I like it more than the first one. You just said it was filler stuff that John Krasinski was saying, but I do think that this is a solid concept, and you would kind of be a fool not to make any more of these movies, because, I mean, you can do a lot, and they're fun. At the end of the day, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not breaking any new ground. It's nothing revolutionary. But it's just a lot of fun, you know? You have fun with these characters, and you have fun with the premise. And I think you can do a lot, and they're doing a lot with this uh, sec- with the sequel. I think the stuff from the first movie was made stronger in this one. Okay. My expectations, I'm going to start off with expectations going into it. I was really, really excited. And uh, I didn't know uh, beforehand, uh, before you just said it, about that there were an additional two writers on the original one. Uh, I had assumed it was John Krasinski, and I knew he was in this one. I knew he was involved in this one. And the fact that he was did make me excited for it. And I actually had really, really high expectations going into it. Uh, Was very excited. Uh, And I have to say, it really disappointed me. I I felt that too. I felt that there was something lacking in it. And I don't want to get into spoilers yet, but there was something amiss. Not all of the choices I kind of understood. Some of the um, kind of, uh, I guess, the rules that had been kind of set up in the first one, I saw going on a little bit of a, of a de- you know, the derailed on this one, you know, at certain moments where I was just like, well, hey, like, hmm. Uh, so there were a couple of parts that I was just like, okay, that didn't make any sense. Uh, and then some characters coming in and, and, and seeming like they were really strong and I thought they were going to go somewhere and, and then they kind of didn't. 
Uh, and then some that I'm like, okay, I saw what they were trying to do here. I, I put a bandaid on this, try to get it to a dynamic that they had in the first one, but it didn't quite work. And also, I, w- I, I think there was characters that I think I was supposed to feel for more that I didn't. Uh, so all in all, it wasn't a bad movie. No. I just feel like the first one was highly superior. Interesting. Technically, this movie looks great. The cast is just as great as last time. I mean, although I little nitpick here, this movie starts right where the first one left off, and those kids age like <laughs> extremely. A lot, well, I, but yeah, I, I'm not gonna fault the movie for that. I, I'm just if you're yeah. gonna run into that problem, you might as well just set the movie just a, a couple years. Because I will say this: them leaving off. I mean, starting right where the first one left off didn't make sense to me. And I think I'll, I'll talk about that in spoilers a little bit. Where the movie originally started off didn't make sense to me at all. The flashback thing. But like I said, we'll get into spoilers later. Ooh, yeah. But that didn't make yeah, sense to that me. That too. I was just like, that was a weak way to start that. I like the scene. But in terms of the logic of the movie, we'll get into that. But again, the cast here, they do great. Everyone does their jobs. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Killian Murphy, I thought he was a great addition to the story. I think his writing... It was a little uh, rushed, yet undeveloped at the same time. I I think this whole movie just felt like a filler episode of Walking Dead. (laughs) That's what I got from it. I got a post-apocalyptic, don't fear the monsters only, you know, worry about the humans kind of vibe to it. I got like the latter uh, seasons of Walking Dead vibes from this movie. And I think that's where it falls short for me. Whereas the first one, it's a consistent story. Whereas this one kind of felt a little bit episodic and episodic by like filler episodes leading to a grander finale that we're going to have to wait for. And the difference between this one and the first movie is the ending to the first one, although it kind of does kind of set up a sequel, it does tie it off perfectly. I, I think this movie, this franchise works as a one and done compared to it going on and on. But I wouldn't say I'm very, uh, like, I'm not disappointed because I wasn't that excited about it. But I will say it could have been a whole lot better. And I feel like those two writers from the first one, their presence was missed here. Yeah, I, I mean, my expectations going into it, I, I didn't have the greatest of expectations either. I just went in like, okay, let's see what they do. You know, I wasn't expecting anything, like, again, groundbreaking uh, from the first one. Because I don't think the first movie is, like, all that groundbreaking. The first, the concept in and of itself is great. You can do a lot with that, like I just, like I said earlier. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was just like, okay, let's see what happens. And I enjoyed what we got. We have a lot to talk about during spoilers to get into specifics. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I still have a problem with the monsters, I have a lot more problems now with the second movie than I did the first time. And even in the first one, I remember talking about how I didn't like their design, that it looked like a mash of like Stranger Things and Cloverfield Monster. And it's funny because mm-hmm. John Krasinski during the Q&A said those were his inspirations. And I was like, oh, great. You, you, well, you there answered you go. it for me. And I feel like the monster itself, again, this is nitpicking. The design of that monster could have been as iconic as Predator or a Xenomorph. But that's just me yeah. being a snob. When we get into spoilers, there's something like, like, Lori, what did you find so funny? Because there was a moment where I'm like, really? <laughs> mm, I, I wonder what it is. But 
So just remind me in spoilers, like, Lori, what was that? Yeah, thing? we'll close. Let's get yeah, into spoilers. Closing then. thoughts, and then we could give it a rating, a good old rating, and then we'll go into spoilers. Yeah, closing thoughts. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. If you like the first one, I think you're going to like this one. It's a fun time. It, you know, it's nothing like, it's nothing crazy, but it's it's a good time. It's fun to be back in the theater and have everyone be, everyone shut up for an hour and a half and just enjoy a movie. And uh, I got that energy from my theater. It's great to be back in theaters, uh, more audiences, and they're being quiet because uh, the movie demands it. And I just love that about this. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a fun time. Eight bucks. Eight, seven or eight. eight seven and a half. Yeah, eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm settling it there. Eight dollars. Yes, I I enjoyed it, uh, but definitely not as much from the first one. I felt like it fell short from the first one. Uh, I would pay a ticket. I, I saw it at Alamo, uh, but I I would pay a ticket at Rio 7 for me to see it. So what's that? Six bucks. $5.50, six yeah. bucks. Yeah. I would pay that to see it. But uh, for Alamo Drafthouse, you know, I was just kind of, mind you, that's our choice right now. So, of course, I was going to see it there. But, yeah, six six bucks. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to meet you guys right at the middle and give it a nice uh, seven $7.50. Right there. Yeah. Again, I did enjoy it. There were some fun things in there. I felt like all the pieces were there. Actually, I feel like there was too many pieces on the board. And I felt like you could could have taken one of them out and explored the other. And I'll, I'll, I'll get into spoilers as to why. But I would say I would recommend it. And if, if they do make a third movie, I would say wait for the third one and just have a nice trilogy to binge. Because I feel like this one relies way more than uh, on the first one than the first one does and i think the third one if they do make one i, I think it's gonna maybe make the second one better who knows because i feel like the third one might be a closing chapter to it all so yeah i'll give it give it a 7.5 going to the box office and paying seven dollars and fifty cents for it so yeah that's uh yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about with spoilers, but so stick around yeah. for those listening. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, go watch it, come back and listen to our spoiler talk. And for those who did watch it, let us know what you think. And uh, all right, here's your warning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So they, okay, they are definitely going to make a third one. So yeah. Yes, they're definitely going to make a third one. And I was just like, I'm okay. surprised this hasn't been announced yet because in the q a john krasinski not only confirmed a third movie but he confirmed that he is not going to be writing nor directing it and actually he is bringing in director jeff nichols to direct it and for those who have seen 2012's mud starring matthew mcconaughey th that's the guy who's going to be directing the third movie and writing i'm familiar with that movie i've never seen it yeah i, I haven't i haven't watched it either but uh, I didn't know this, but it has like a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. You can watch it on Tubi oh, for wow. free. This movie, I felt like this movie just followed the same beats as the first one. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I think the real the real meat and potatoes for this uh, franchise isn't the so much what happens to the characters, but it's what the characters go through and how they change at the end of the movie, how they evolve. It, th this is really more about the characters than I think... I think that's what keeps me coming back, at least, is not the, uh, well, like I said, you can do a lot. This second one just kind of felt like more the same. They kind of played with s some stuff, but I don't think they took as many risks as the first one did. 
Really? Because I, I, yeah. I feel like the only character here who actually changed was Killian Murphy's character. I thought all the other ones, mm-hmm. I mean, especially Emily Blunt and the kid, Noah Jude, I thought they were just a stick in the mud, literally, not like figuratively. Like they they were stuck in that one place throughout the entire movie. I'm like, oh, this, yeah, they didn't like, have this much is all do. we're going to do? Okay, great that the daughter and Killian Murphy have something to do, but... What about, I mean, that's what I meant by like the family dynamic being lost. I I feel like you you separate them and you kind of lose that first movie because the first movie, it's really more than a horror movie. It's a movie about family, (laughs) as corny as that sounds, (laughs) but yeah, it really is a movie about family. (laughs) And I I felt like that was lost here. And I felt like, sorry to John Krasinski, but he really needed those two other guys because I felt like he had he didn't know what to do with Emily Blunt. Her whole arc in the in the story is to get more oxygen. <laughs> That's all she did in the movie. She just got more oxygen. And by the way, the whole ending thing, again, it felt just like the first movie where you have an unexpected mm-hmm. hero, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, and then this time around, it's the kids who become the hero. And the reason why I say this movie could have just started a couple years after the first one because the first movie teases like alien to aliens like the first alien movie was like horror thriller the second one is more of an action movie and the end of that first quiet place you have emily blunt loaded gun you have the daughter with her microphone they're like all right there's two more coming they're like i just saw this the first movie recently and the two remaining monsters are charging towards them so the it's about to go down. So I was like, okay, great. We're the sequel is going to pick up right where they left off. We're going to see Emily Blunt be a badass, the girl being a badass, the kids still going to be crying with the uh, the baby crying, whatever. And that didn't happen. Like it, it was like a total like, oh, we're anticipating a great action sequence, and then it just kind of starts how the first one kind of started, real slow, everyone staying quiet. If there's one thing I uh, not hate about these movies, but just like. It takes its time when it doesn't need to, especially when by the end you're just like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Hurry up. Let's get to it. Uh, and I got that with the first movie, and I get that with the second movie as well. It takes its time, but it's kind of dragging it out. I mean, they have to. It's only an hour and a half. They're taking their time because they have to. Otherwise, it wouldn't be 90 minutes. Okay, so the movie starts off, and we have the beginning, the flashback from, okay, this is when it happens, you know? Day one, and I appreciated it, but at the same time, I was just like, it also felt like a very cool way. It also felt like a like okay, so this is we can't have Quiet Place without John Krasinski. Like I felt like they were almost scared to do it without him completely, and so that worked out perfectly. Thing about it is, is that I felt that you know, and I was just like, I wish that I wouldn't have felt that or thought that back in the head, but I did. I was just like, okay. And then it immediately goes into, you're right. At the end of it, they're empowered. They have a way, but then we immediately cut to, we're scared. It didn't change anything. We're still scared for our life. We're leaving this place where we actually can see them coming and we have some sort of defense. Uh, We're going to this unknown place. And I was just kind of like, okay, so what happened there? Like, and I get it. Yeah. What what happened to the other two 
monsters that were charging them at the end of the last exactly where emily blunt was standing up and she was this badass but no we go straight into oh my gosh i'm the mom i'm the family and we have like oh thank god we found this man and you know he's like i'm a man without a family we're a family without a man you know and i i felt that and i was just kind of like that's not the role he takes he just not yet i'm calling it now in the third one there i hope not they, I'm calling it now. We'll listen back to this show when the third one comes out because that's obviously. You know what? what I would have taking. preferred them to go that route this time around because thinking about it now, one yeah. of the heartwarming parts of the first one was when Emily Blunt and John Krasinski they dance to Harvest Moon. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts from the first movie, and I, I guess like the romance aspect isn't there in this movie because you don't have the father anymore. There's no intimacy, and you're not intimate with these characters. Yeah, so like you split right. up the the family a little bit because Emily Blunt goes gets oxygen, and the daughters with the guy, and the uh, the kids with the baby. It's not are it, it's real disconnected. And also going back to the yeah. script, I was confused because I actually watched A Quiet Place Part Two before rewatching the first one, and in the the second one, the house that they lived in was on fire oh like okay maybe i forgot that in the first one a fire started but no that's the script saying okay you can't stay here anymore you have to leave a random fire started in the barn for no reason i thought there was a fire in the last movie no there wasn't no so i don't know it was like things like that were real lazy and i just feel like they really didn't have a solid idea of what they wanted to do so two new aspects in this world that we live in is the Utopia Island that we get to. And then also before we get there, we're introduced to these like. It was very the the, the hills have eyes except yeah. with the water. That one to me just felt like an unnecessary element to the movie or at least an element that could have been explored later. Maybe in the third one, uh, just because it took a lot of time away from the Utopian Island and also our actual characters you know just like oh we're in danger it's it's just another obstacle to go through it was fun the the way they played it with the the net and the bottles and uh putting them at the stake and that it was a fun set piece i just felt like again it it was just there for the sake of being there yeah you're right I, i yeah the movie does kind of feel like formulaic like okay the characters are off doing this and then this happens it's very much like, and then this when it should be, and so this. Yeah. And then, uh, did the monster drive the boat? <laughs> uh, no, the boat just floated no. that direction, Conveniently, I guess. yeah, okay. Yep. So, I don't know, though. I think he may have driven it. Um, <laughs> with, the li- no, with the little okay, tugboat so hat. Then- <laughs> <laughs> but what really bothered me also, though, was this utopian island. So, they come up on it, and they're just there hanging out and barbecuing. So you mean that this utopian island, while they're doing all of these things, can't figure out how to make, like, you know, they already have that song, Somewhere Beyond the Sea, coming from there, playing over and over again. They couldn't have, like, you know, made up a little ditty, like, hey, they can't <laughs> swim. It's okay. Just go to the water. No, because like, it runs on records. Uh, yeah, oh. that that's how. Oh. They, you cut out the digital okay. equation. You cut out the digital factor you to the equation, the and it's all analog. It runs off a record. So, and why does it run on a record? Why was it subliminal? Like, why did they like? Oh, it's a sign. It's like, what, dude? I know the monsters are really good at hearing, Beyond but the sea. 
they can't understand. I don't know, like, why couldn't they just... There were mics there. They could have... Someone could have been on air and been like, hey, we're over here on this island instead of having to be <laughs> fucking cryptic. Exactly. And then when they get there, he's like, oh, so you got on <laughs> yeah. the beach. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, like... Fuck you! <laughs> you could have put out an actual message. Mean? Could you just... Yes! S-O-S... We- they can't swim! <laughs> they can't speak our language. Exactly. They can't hear you. <laughs> They don't know our language. There's nothing that, and they're not really about. Uh, oh, they can't. They're they're bad swimmers. So <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the the bad swimmer part. I, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a new that's that's fun. Okay, it weakens them a little then bit more. Also, so they're all there in this utopian island, but it never dawns on them that this might come up again. And all of a sudden, this thing starts attacking, and everybody starts screaming. Yeah. Did you forget that they? Are attracted to also, noise. Like, they had like no line of defense. The only thing was like a nice no car with a good honking we're system. We're here. We're gonna be great <laughs> now. Yeah, we're here. It's gonna be great now. Like nothing. There, we don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> and Jamon Hansu, like I love him as an actor. I just felt like they wrote him as an idiot in this movie. Exactly. It's like oh yeah, I have yeah, to go yeah, back. Like, <laughs> can you stop screaming? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he thought that they the monster went back to the town, but. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, they're gonna kill it's him. It's a plausible all. theory, but it's like, yeah, they they just had him in there just so they can kill him. Waste of an actor, yes. I feel like. Yep, it really was because actually his character I found interesting. I wanted to hear more yep. from his character. And then no, sorry. Did you love those like, I'm gonna kill you eyes he gave to his kids when he put him in the closet? <laughs> yeah, I was scared myself. Like, yeah, I'll shut up. If you make a noise, I will kill you myself. <laughs> and I believed it. <laughs> Yeah, and also, okay, can we go back to the monster now? Okay, so I have so... This movie, caught, like, raised more questions. So, apparently, they came via meteor. And there's enough aliens on that meteor to cause a global pandemic. Hey, watching these two movies gave me, like, PTSD because I just, I just kept thinking about the pandemic. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is all alluding to the pandemic, right? Uh, even though they were both made before, but anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I just I can't like do they they don't even eat the humans. No, they just kill them. They just want some goddamn peace and quiet. It's one of those things where the more you think about it, the less it makes sense. Whereas like monsters like a predator or the xenomorph, you kind of get their biology, you get their goal, you you get what they're trying to do. And this one. Again, I feel like it works as just one movie because you just have that one movie to go based off of. And this one kind of just adds more to the lore without making any sense. The first one, I loved it because they didn't have to explain anything. Just like, hey, they're here. They have a weakness. There you go. But this one, there's more to it now. Like they, they're aliens and they came abroad from a meteor. It's like they survived the meteor crash. Like, did we survive? It was a pretty big meteor. Well, it can survive fire. So, I mean, thick skin, they're bulletproof. I I mean, I don't know. These, they're... And the military, I'm sure they have way better devices than the girl's hearing uh, mechanism to kill them. I don't know. Maybe the third one might explain it. Yeah, the world building wasn't as strong as the first one. And I think that's kind of what killed the second one. Yeah. The world building in the first one was just so natural. It was just like, okay, here you go, and that's it. And then they try and explain it. They try and it, it it just complicates things. It's like Star Wars. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Easy there, buddy. 
don't compare this to Star Wars now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, like, again, the design to these generic monsters don't help. Can I just say that poor little boy, though, when the when the oh. freaking bear trap gets his foot, and then it's like, ah! And I was just like, ah! I was in my seat going, <laughs> ah! I'm glad that wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. Everything else was, and so it threw me off. Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. Yes. I, no one expected that, and everyone kind of did that old like, ooh, they all groaned. Yep. And I, maybe he has a comedic laugh, but people started laughing at his scream. <laughs> Poor kid. I guess people in my town are a- assholes. I don't know. Not in my theater, Dylan. I, Gosh, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, people uh, laugh when they get uncomfortable. Maybe that's what it was. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, okay. One last thing real quick. This isn't me nitpicking, but like, wouldn't you think Emily Blunt, the mother, would tell the kid like, hey, that oxygen tank is very low. So be careful on when you use it because it's going to run out pretty soon. That's why I'm leaving to go get oxygen and to get medicine for given. you. But then he's still like, he's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to go upstairs and snoop around and let me put the mm-hmm. oxygen tank on the baby and leave him in there. And I might. How old is the, he? The kid? Tw- well, sh- 12, I mean, in the movie 10, or in real life? Or cause, <laughs> um, in the I movie. I have to say like. I like 10, 11. Yeah, 10 or 10, 11 or 12, somewhere in there. That's what I yeah. would think. Okay, uh, 12 and older. Yeah, I'd have that conversation. 10, absolutely not. So, you like, why would you even let the. I mean, it's life or death. It's like, hey, this oxygen tank, it has very little. And if you leave the baby in the box in there, it's gonna die. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Just things like that. I'm like, why, why would you. Like one kids are irresponsible. He just wanted to snoop around, check it, check the place out, you know. Oh yeah, and then investigate uh, mm-hmm. Killian Murphy's and then he found dead Killian Murphy's wife. Yeah, the corpse, wasn't... which I feel like that's gonna be forgotten in the next. Oh movie. yeah, 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 it is. I hope it's not. If it were me, I would have probably told my kid, but the entire time I would have been like going to the pharmacy thinking like they, he they, he's probably already out of oxygen. He probably did something stupid. Like like that's for little things. Like I won't even let my kids, you know, I, I have to double check on them whenever they try to put dino nuggets in the oven because I'm afraid they're going to burn down the <laughs> house. Uh, it, it's hard for them to handle that. I, I, I think it was also giving that thing of she didn't have a choice and maybe she didn't. He was already panicking about being left there. He did not want to be left there. So maybe she felt if she gave him too much bad news all at once and you don't have very much oxygen. <laughs> Let me leave Ooh, the most sorry. important that part might- out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to panic him too much. <laughs> I'm say- I swear. Yes. A kid with a panic attack is, is just useless. <laughs> yeah. I tell my kids that every I think it was day just, when they're crying. That element was there to add suspense and drama and all that. But it made for a cool moment when Emily Blunt shot uh, the tank and it caused the fire and the sprinklers to go off. And so that way the monster couldn't hear her. I thought that was cool. You know, this movie was copying the first one so much. I thought the place outside of the safe was going to flood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had no. that same exact moment, too, where the the water's coming down. I was like, oh, is it going to be flooded? Oh, no. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, I thought it was more of the same, but without without the strength of the writing from the first one. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Any any last, any expectations for the third one? Do you want 
things to be answered in the third um, one? That's that's a good. Do you question. want to see a resolution to how they finally get done with all these aliens? Do you want to see a queen alien? You know. Oh, that's gonna happen. Yep. Um, do I want to see that? And the queen can see too. Oh, I hear you, and I see you. Dang. You're pushing the envelope. You should write the next one. <laughs> Johnny, baby, <laughs> give me a call. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> Hit me up. Yeah, I would just like to see the government come in, like yeah, oh, like the military, yeah. be like, yeah, we could have helped you, but uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Like, was it only one meteor that landed and it Sorry. was only in the North American continent? No, it was, uh, there was, uh, the thing on the TV and it was like Singapore or something. And John was like, hey, what happened there? And the guy's just staring at the TV like, oh, a bomb or something. He's like, oh, okay, well, I got to go. Also, multiple. So it was probably just another meteor. Multiple yeah, meteors all over the world. the world. Okay. Good for them. Good, good for the aliens, you know? Good for them. Good hey, for if them. If they were going to land at any planet. It's a pretty good spot. Yeah, fresh air. You got water. What what more could you ask for? <laughs> I will say those aliens would make for the perfect movie ushers. I mean, you wouldn't have no problems out of the theaters. Let me tell you that. Mm-mm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. But first, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in and the continued support. Funny story. My grandpa actually... Uh, Found me on the World Wide Web, and he's listening to wow. us on Spotify. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. <laughs> Hello. And uh, the cinema show is now available on multiple podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. So be sure to download, follow, or subscribe, and if possible, leave a review on all our episodes. I believe you could do that on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show grow and let us know what you think about what we talked about on this episode by giving us your questions, comments, and or feedback on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Cinema Show Live. We'll be sure to highlight you on our next episode. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Cinema Show Live. Or maybe you just want a shout out. Either way, you're all part of the panel as much as we are. Jackson, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore D-M-L. And the lovely Lori. Hello, you can find me on Twitter. Lovely Lori at Lori underscore Guajardo. I don't know if you all knew this, but Dario's been here this whole time. He took a vow of silence due to the movie. Oh, he thought we were doing like a thing? Oh, sorry. I don't get it, but uh, he told me he was going to do it. Well, he signed to me that he was going to be doing this until the third one comes out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to I have to respect that. We don't even know when that's coming out. They haven't even started writing it. So yeah. wow, that that is dedication. Yeah. Yeah, good, good for you, Dario. Oh my gosh, he's just smiling right now. It's just that's beautiful. He's beaming. He should be hosting this thing. We're we're I mean, we call ourselves film fans. Look at his dedication. Yeah. We're not doing <laughs> we're doing that shit. Well we <laughs> Well, we love Dario and you can follow him on Twitter at Dorito is the name. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter at DylanMM5. That's right. D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This is this is the <laughs> cinema show. Oh, you want to do it? Go ahead. Remember, all films are subjective and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs>